Winslow. Hi, I'm Haley. And, and we, we are Wrestling Wind Down. Down. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. We are going to be covering some of the greatest moments that happened at War Games and Survivor Series, along with all of the other moments from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And, of course, we'll be having our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. We saw a lot of great moments in War Games and Survivor Series. The first ever women's War Games ended up with Rhea Ripley's team winning against Shayna Baszler, Yosha Rai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. This was one of the top moments because, as we said, the first women's War Games, we've seen men go at it, and it's been an extremely violent match right. with cage, two cages and two rings. It's, it's a crazy match, but this match was... Interesting because Mia Yim was eliminated from the match. She was on Team Ripley, and she was attacked before the match even started, and people were wondering who attacked her. She was replaced by Dakota Kai, who ended up turning heel and attacking her best friend, Tegan Knox. So Tegan Knox was unable to compete in the match as well. So that left Team Ripley screwed, honestly. And they ended up picking up the win anyway. This, honestly, was Rhea Ripley's weekend. She rocked NXT the previous Wednesday before the War Games and Survivor Series weekend. She went into War Games and won for her team. And then the following night, she was the captain of Team NXT at Survivor Series. So we were super excited to see NXT on Survivor Series. For Team NXT, Rhea Ripley was the captain. Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, and Tony Storm were the teammates. Now, this was an interesting pay-per-view to watch. It was. I was looking forward to a Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks face-off, and so were a lot of our followers, but we didn't get that. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see those two face-off eventually. I think that would be an amazing match. But we didn't get that. But we did see Asuka pretty much screw her team by spitting green mist into the face of Charlotte Flair, who was her teammate. So, you know, that one didn't end well. But Team NXT ended up picking up the win. So another win for Rhea Ripley and Team NXT. Yeah, very exciting. So we saw another women's match during Survivor Series. It was Shayna Baszler, Bailey, and Becky Lynch. Now, we were super excited for this. So all three of these women are so powerful, and in my predictions, I thought Becky Lynch would win. That's not the case. This match was a little interesting. I don't it know was why. boring. Yeah, I don't know why they would end with this. The all-day pay-per-view was so action-packed. Amazing. I... And then this match. I honestly think the match placement was kind of screwed up for this one because we saw the match with the men's Survivor Series mm -hmm. team, and that match was so good. We'll talk about that. But I think it screwed the women because you thought it would be a little bit more interesting than it was. I felt like their promos that they had, them attacking each other on their individual shows, we thought, holy sh**. This is going to be a great match. And then it was very boring. The crowd didn't really like it. They were really quiet for most of the match. And Shayna Baszler ended up picking up the win, which I didn't expect. WWE programming didn't make it seem like she had won the match since she got attacked by Becky Lynch after the fact. And Becky was this last man standing after the match. I felt like that was bullshit because Shayna won the match. Give her her props. She's an NXT superstar. She's facing off against the Raw Women's Champion and the SmackDown Women's Champion. She showed up and showed out for her brand. Why does Becky Lynch need to stand tall as the quote-unquote last man standing? She didn't win the match. Yeah, she didn't get pinned, but she also didn't win the match. Right. So a lot of people had issues with that. 
Also, a lot of people thought this match would involve Ronda Rousey. Now we haven't heard from Ronda Rousey. She's been on an impregnation vacation for She's months now. <laughs> and we haven't heard from her. But a lot of people were assuming that now that we're in Survivor Series, it's one of the top four pay-per-views, and we're getting close to the new year with the Rumble coming up and WrestleMania, that Ronda Rousey would come back and she would partner with Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir, the horsewomen versus the four horsewomen of the WWE with Flair, Bailey, Banks, and Lynch. But we didn't see that. And to be honest with you personally, I would have liked to see that. I think a lot of people are anticipating and they're really wanting that match, but I guess WWE doesn't think it's time. Or maybe Ronda Rousey doesn't really want to come back at this point. What do you think? I think that that would have been an amazing ending to this pay-per-view. Right. All of them together. And it would have set a path for everything that would follow. You know, the storylines that could come from that would be so interesting to watch. But the way that it ended, like, it kind of downplayed the powers of all these women. Mm -hmm. Like, how powerful each one of them is. You know, Shayna Baszler is undefeated for so long with her NXT championship title. To the point that it's just sad that Becky Lynch kind of got the upper hand almost. Yeah, got the upper hand. But I think, too, it's kind of getting interesting that Becky Lynch doesn't seem to really defend her title a lot. And I'm kind of wondering why that is. I I thought there was a rule where champions had to defend their titles every 30 days. So maybe that's like an outdated rule or a rule that I created in my own head. But I'm pretty sure I heard that before. But we haven't seen Becky Lynch defend her title on a pay-per-view recently, have we? It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. I don't know what's really going on there, but we're going to keep tuned and see what happens. As we mentioned earlier, the men's Survivor Series match was absolutely phenomenal. It was crazy. Both NXT teams were not announced until the day before. And we had mentioned in one of our previous episodes that we thought this was because the NXT teams wanted to see who was strong coming out of War Games. As we said, War Games is such a violent match, and it takes a toll on the body. Adam Cole, he wrestled, what, three times in a week? He wrestled on NXT that week. He was on War Games, and then he wrestled the Night of Survivor Series, and he has a broken wrist. Mm -hmm. So it definitely takes a toll on your body. For Team NXT, we saw Tommaso Ciampa team with Walter, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. Right, and... Everyone was really excited to see Walter in the match. I thought this was going to be his moment, but he was eliminated way sooner than I thought he would be in the match. But Keith Lee ended up getting his moment. He was the last survivor for Team NXT and went up against Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins ended up getting eliminated. And then we saw Roman Reigns versus Keith Lee. Absolutely amazing. We see Keith Lee on NXT. He's one of the bigger guys on the roster. He's involved in this whole feud with the Undisputed Era right now. And he's just, he's such an incredible superstar. But to see him in the ring with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns ended up getting the win. But the respect that Roman Reigns had for Keith Lee and vice versa, the respect that Keith Lee had for Roman Reigns, it was just incredible to see. And I'm glad that I was able to watch that match. I think it was absolutely one of the best matches on the card. I agree. I think that NXT got a lot of credit this weekend, and I think they also gained a lot of fans. I think the reason why NXT really sweeped this whole Survivor Series is because WWE really wants to emphasize and hone in on how powerful NXT is and how they want to go up against AEW. Now, we've mentioned so many times as my face turns blue from saying it over and over that this isn't a war you have two wrestling brands but the more that we keep on moving forward it seems like business wise that it's obviously a competition but 
WWE was really thinking business-wise, and I think they really wanted to showcase their NXT superstars and show everyone, hey, we have these talents. AEW might have these talents, but we have Rhea Ripley, we have Bianca Belair, we have the Undisputed Era, we have Keith Lee. Show us what you got. And I think they did. I think that, you know, NXT really stepped it up. And this pay-per-view, like, I can't say how amazing it was. But also the War Games pay-per-view, we saw a lot of great moments there. Kevin Owens ended up coming back to NXT and teaming up with Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic to face off against the Undisputed Era in the men's War Game match. And holy hell, the reaction that Kevin Owens got from coming out and being at NXT again, it just felt warm. It felt like home. It's what was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Beautiful match there. The ending of the match with the spot on top of the cage gave me so much anxiety. It could have went so wrong because you have to put so much trust into someone to have them coordinate you to fall through a table from the top of the right. the cage. Oh, my God. But it was beautiful. I think it was a great match. And NXT did the damn thing at War Games. And kudos to them. So this week in WWE, it was a little strange. There was a lot of Lana and Bobby Lashley action. But one story that I did like was you know, the Miz and the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. So Daniel Bryan was missing this week from his appearance. Hmm. He was just gone. And the Fiend went on TV, interrupted the Miz. And In his like, red sweater. Yep. He was like, it was me. He showed the Miz a picture of the Miz's family. And it was just creepy. Later on in the show, you know, lights were flashing. And the Miz was like, okay, honey, I need to go against him. Blah, blah, blah. Talking Maurice, yeah. Yes. And... Out of nowhere, the fiend comes and smacks him in the back of the head, beats him up, and it was just crazy. He tied in a reference to the Wyatt family reunion, uh-huh. and he was like, we used to be a family. It was strange, because he put his face on top of the Miz's face in, in, family in a family picture. Yeah. So that was probably the most interesting that ha- thing that happened in WWE this week. I don't really understand where they're going with this storyline. I think that the last pay-per-view at Survivor Series, there was a match between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. And yeah, it was a little bit dry, to be honest with you. But I don't see this being the end of this. Mm-mm. I feel like wherever Daniel Bryan is, I feel like he's probably going insane at this point. He's probably going to get involved in this match because he's had history with The Miz. He's had history with Bray Wyatt. It just makes sense to put him in the match. Now, I don't see it being a triple threat, but you never know in the WWE. How do you feel about that belt that they have up for sale now? It's this customized belt for The Fiend. It's his face on it. It's about $7,000. And I don't know why, but the other day on my timeline, someone bought a $7,000 belt. It's very creepy, first of all. Also, $7,000. What are you going to do with that? You cannot wear that out. You cannot go to the club with that. Like, it's just going to hang up in your wall. And unless you're the biggest Fiend fan of all time, then I get it. Even as like a collector, I feel like that's just a lot of money to spend on a belt. Now, yeah, it's a unique belt. It was designed by the same guy that designed the whole Fiend mask, but $7,000. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, come on now. But whatever, to each their own. If you have that belt and you rocking it, you do your thing. But I'm not going to buy that belt. I'm going to buy 7,000 bottles of wine before I buy a $7,000 belt. On this week's NXT, we were supposed to see Rhea Ripley go against Dakota Kai. But Mia Young was here for her revenge, and she came out and attacked Dakota Kai. Rhea Ripley says she had a trick up her sleeve, and then she brought out Mia Yim. But we saw that all go down, and then here comes the NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, with Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, and they all attacked 
Rhea Ripley, and then Rhea Ripley is laid out in the ring, and of course, Shayna Baszler has some wise words for her, mm-hmm. and she told her, you're getting your title match December 18th at the next TakeOver, and this is going to be a great match. I'm really hoping and praying that someone takes this title off Shayna. I think Shayna is such an incredible champion, and she's been able to hold her title for a really long time now, but... It's time I- for something new. Absolutely. I think Rhea Ripley is on top, like I said right now, and... She makes perfect sense to be the next champion. I know I've mentioned before that I wanted Bianca Belair to be the next champion, but I don't really see that happening right now. She wasn't on NXT this week, and it seems like they're heading down the path of Rhea Ripley as the Mm -hmm. next NXT Women's Champion, and I'm not mad at that. I just hope that she's able to be professional when it comes to her online presence if she's NXT champion, just saying. I know that's in the past, and I know some people think it's water under the bridge, but... I've seen a handful of people who are still irritated by the comment that she made a long time ago. And honestly, it's personal opinion. So if you're still bothered by it, hell, you're entitled to be bothered by it. But if you don't care, then that's you. But some people still do. That's why I have to put that out there. So Yeah. And I think that social media presence for these champions is so important. Absolutely. And I think that's why in WWE, some people who deserve the championships, like for their wrestling skills, but if they're more boring, they're not going to get the title right i know this isn't like wrestling actual in-ring news but have you seen the back and forth between dana brooke and batista online (laughs) no i i think it's interesting i mean it's interesting but i just feel like there's so many weird relationships going on in wwe right now it's well, a they've, tied, they've like tied it in with the whole elias and drake maverick thing yeah. this week on smackdown elias spanked Drake Maverick. How do you explain that to someone that doesn't watch WWE? It's quite interesting, but it's also quite weird at the same time. Do you see Batista getting back in the ring for this? Like, is this something that's actually happening or is this like a storyline? I mean, that would be cool if he got back in the ring. Because we thought he retired last WrestleMania against Triple H, but I don't know. It would be interesting. Storyline's a little weird. Just weird, weird angles going on right now. Yeah. Um, but Dana Brooke is getting a push, so I can stand that. Yeah. We've mentioned before how we do think she deserves a push, but I don't know how I necessarily feel about it being tied to a man for her to get a push. That kind of irritates me a little well, bit. Well, this kind of reminds me of when, I mean, Becky Lynch is amazing on her own, mm. but when everyone was like, the man's man, Seth yeah. Rollins, like that drove me insane. Right. And I feel like this has the potential to become that. Well, with Batista not being a full-time WWE superstar, and he's kind of quote-unquote Hollywood now, and Mm -hmm. it's just weird, but I don't know. I mean, I think Dana Brooke has the potential to get out of this storyline. I think this definitely could have stayed on Twitter. Just between Batista and Dana Brooke, or text or DMs, whatever they were doing, I definitely don't think it needed to be put on WWE television. I feel like they could have figured something else out to do with Dana Brooke that didn't involve that. Now, it did get a lot of publicity. A lot of people were like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is so random, but we're here for it. I'm here for it, too. I think they'd be a cute couple. But let's not put her personal life on TV. Just saying. If yeah. it's real. I don't, I don't, I'm not fully sold. This week on Raw, we saw some weird stuff go down. Very weird. So we thought that we would see Seth Rollins make a full heel turn. Right. But that did not happen. He decided to deliver an apology to the fans and Kevin Owens. So he called Kevin Owens out to the ring. 
Kevin Owens called his apology total bullshit and just not accepting it. After that, we saw AOP come to the ring and try to get involved. Then after that, somehow Bobby Lashley and Lana came out. Lana and Kevin Owens were arguing. Bobby Lashley decided to defend her and it turned into a match with Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley. Kevin Owens won via disqualification and somehow the night ended with Bobby Lashley and Lana getting arrested for assaulting an officer. It was a mess. If you don't keep up with Raw, you wouldn't know what was going on. This has been really wild. I saw the mug shots from Bobby Lashley and Lana, which, yikes. A lot of people are actually starting to like this storyline now. I know a lot of people are kind of like, ugh, another relationship storyline. We don't want any of that. But now people are kind of like, hmm, this might be a little interesting. I'm not even sold on it. Like, I haven't even thought of buying it. No. Like, this, this is terrible. I do not enjoy this at all. I loved Lana and Rusev together. They were I think, a cute couple. Th- I mean, they're still married. Let's just put that out there. They do a great job, and someone picked up on it online. So whenever Lana is in- on Instagram in a post with Bobby Lashley, her ring is off. But when she is not in a picture with Bobby Lashley, she has her ring on. Mm, that's loyalty. good. The loyalty. <laughs> character development. I'm here for it. But I think that Lana and Rusev in these storylines together – just them together have been really good. Now, the addition of Bobby Lashley, it's been kind of weird. I always see Bobby Lashley as this very powerful competitor on the roster, and I honestly don't understand why they have him in this storyline. I think he's he should have gotten a title opportunity by now. I think he's championship caliber. So is Rusev. I don't understand why they're involved in this storyline. I think because WWE's views on YouTube for anything in this storyline have millions and millions of views, so they're just rolling with it. But, honey... Those might be bots because I don't understand what is going on at this point. You know what? I think maybe in a couple weeks so they might phase it out. Maybe in the new year, that'll be their New Year's resolution to get rid of this storyline because... That's mine. <laughs> Oops. I'm just going to sip my wine. Now let's get into our word on the street. Now let's get into our word on the street. So AEW is planning another pay-per-view for 2020, but they're holding back the date from being released. Now, a lot of people are confused about this because wouldn't you want your pay-per-view to have as much time for people to buy the tickets, get ready, all of that. But it seems like they want to avoid any chance to interfere with other competitions such as WWE, UFC, other MMA brands. And so it's just very odd that they are not announcing it in advance. I haven't been following along on AEW as much as I should be. I see some tweets every once in a while. I'll follow up on like their match cards and stuff, but I haven't been really watching them on television. I don't really understand this. I think, yeah, you know, you're going to have competition. You have all these other companies that have announced their 2020 dates. And from a business standpoint, I think AEW probably has some reasoning behind this. Maybe it's because they think that WWE will do an event the same weekend and they don't want their events to correlate. But it is important that you make sure your fans have the dates People start booking travel months in advance, and it's important for them to make sure that their fans know about their events. And media, that's coverage that you could be getting that Mm -hmm. you aren't getting because no one knows what dates you're going to be, where or when or whatever. So I want to know what their reasoning is. I I would be interested. Me too. It was announced earlier this week that John Morrison signed a WWE contract. He is a former Intercontinental Champion as well as a former Tag Team Champion, and it's been rumored for months now that John Morrison was going to come back. A lot of people thought that he was going to be the last member of Team NXT at War Games, but it ended up being Kevin Owens. During WWE Backstage, it was announced that he signed a new contract. 
Everyone was really excited. And then he made his debut, his quote-unquote debut, on Wednesday's episode of WWE The Bump. He did an interview via satellite. And I think this is a great time for him to come back. I think they can really put him anywhere. He's had so much experience on different rosters and different companies now that he's able to come back with all of this knowledge and experience and they can either put him in NXT and and kind of put him in as a quote-unquote veteran type of position where he's been with the company before he left and now he's back. Kind of like what they did with Drew Mm McIntyre and then build him up towards either Raw or SmackDown or they can start him on Raw or SmackDown. He's been there before so he knows what he needs to bring to the table to be at his A game. I think the Shaman of Sexy is back and (laughs) that was his nickname. Love that. And Friday Night Delight, Wednesday Night Delight, Monday Night Delight. Wherever they put him, I will be watching because I was a John Morrison stan. I loved M&M, and I'm here for it. I'm interested to see if they sign his wife, though. She is still, I think, a member of the Impact roster. So, I don't know. Maybe she'll make the jump, too. We'll have to see. So, our last word on the street. We are finally hearing from Eric Bischoff. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. So he abruptly left from WWE back in October. And, you know, no one really knew why except for creative differences. Right. He didn't fit in with the company. He's coming out and saying, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. I think dare to say that WWE is an amazingly successful company. And they have their own process and their one way of doing things and managing creative. And I just don't think I fit into that environment. So that makes sense. You know, that's the reason he left. And then they were asking him about joining AEW. He says that he still really likes the wrestling business. And, you know, if the right opportunity comes across, then he would take it. What are your thoughts on this? I think it was weird that WWE dropped him so fast Mm -hmm. from his contract. It was such a highly publicized thing when him and Paul Heyman were announced as the executive directors of Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw, respectively. Paul Heyman is still in his position. Eric Bischoff is not. We all wondered why they dropped him, and I think he just appeared at StarCast, and I don't know if he spoke there or not, but I don't see him just jumping ship to AEW. I think he has such a long storied history with WWE that it if he wanted to come back to WWE eventually, he's kind of going to be looked at a certain way, even if he's not you know, a director, even if he's just writing for creative, they're not going to look at him the same now, in my opinion, because he's out here just waiting for an opportunity from AEW. I think AEW's had so much success when it comes to getting superstars that have been in WWE and bringing them in, but I don't really know how they would mesh in Eric Bischoff. I've read that AEW doesn't have a team of writers behind the scenes, Hmm. and that was said by Jim Ross in an interview a couple weeks ago, that they don't have any writers, so I don't really know where they would plug Eric Bischoff in. Are they going to have him as some type of backstage producer, not necessarily writing, but just making sure the show goes well, or are they going to put him in an on-screen type of position? I don't really know, so I don't really even know what he's looking for based on the quote that you read, so... I think that we'll just have to see what happens with this because like you said I don't know where he would fit into the company right but you know he has talents and he's been in the wrestling business for a while so they're gonna want him in some way yeah make sure you tune in to our Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST as we will be having two very special announcements coming in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? 
Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.